what we do here is go back, 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 back. This guy is our number one, even though he's like he's like just a number the, two like, somewhere else. It's just he's like, the hottest ugly chick, is all this dude. Like, sorry, <laughs> uh, perfect analogy. Welcome back to another edition of the Raider Take Podcast. I am Michael McDonald. With me, as always, is Andy McDonald. And it finally happened. The biggest surprise from cut day on Tuesday. We didn't necessarily see coming. Wide receiver Dylan Stoner waved from the Raiders. Gone, but not forgotten. Yes. Sad day, but was signed to the practice squad. Um, there's a lot, of, a lot of roster stuff to get into. But... Andy, how are you? How's it going this morning? It's going good. Um, just another day closer to the regular season. We're a week out, man. Got a week until that first Thursday game, Rams-Bills, and then that coming Sunday, Raiders going to the Los Angeles Chargers. That's going to be a banger. So, um, yeah, excited football is continuing to be back. College football starts this weekend. Actually had a Thursday night slate last night. Penn State was playing. Okay, there's some names playing last night on Thursday. You know, gotta love it, but I'm doing well. How are you? Yeah, I'm feeling good. Um, you know, we're just that much closer to week one. Getting excited that some meaningful football is about to be played. We finally kind of hit that time frame where rosters are being cut down. Uh, so what we're going to do here, we're going to get into that. We're going to get into the big Raider news uh, for the roster uh, and then go over some uh, general NFL stuff after that. So... We'll just jump right into it. Raiders cut down to 53 recently, had quite a bit of cuts, quite a bit of uh, roster movements that were pretty surprising to a lot of people. I think there was, we saw some things that we were kind of like, all right, that makes sense. It was kind of on the bubble. Would that happen? Would that not happen? But ultimately what we saw is is the new regime in uh, Zeigler and McDaniels not sticking to anything outside of who works best in this scheme. So probably the biggest uh, the biggest note out of them all, first-round draft pick, Alex Leatherwood, waived from the team. And then another one that came out of nowhere was cornerback Trayvon Mullen, uh, traded for a conditional 2023 draft pick. I believe it was a seventh-round pick, if I'm not mistaken. One thing I wanted to touch on, uh, and I, I wanted to ask you about it last time when we talked about, I forgot who it was that we traded. It might have been Gillespie, um, got traded for a conditional seventh round yeah. pick. I was going to ask this of you. Uh, what's worse, getting traded for probably the least amount of value possible or just getting waived? I feel like a conditional seventh round pick. You know, like you kind of mentioned, was like that and a bucket of balls. I get that yeah. the team's getting something back, but like as a player, do you just kind of you know want to get waived and start start over fresh, or like get traded for the least amount of value possible? Yeah, I don't think. I mean, the only thing about getting waived is that you can, um, if you hit waivers and you're at a certain uh, veteran level, then you are allowed to pick your next team, basically. Um, so I think getting waived gives you an option um, of what team you want to play for. Getting traded, you obviously have to go there, and also that team has to take your contract. So 
so that's part of it. But I don't, I don't think any, either of them kind of, they both suck. And especially like you think you're legit and you and the team that drafted you said, Here, we want a seventh round conditional pick. So with Gillespie, like he got cut from the Titans after we traded him. So we didn't get anything for him. We gave him to the tight, we gave Gillespie to the Titans so they could cut him. Basically, that's what it ended up turning out. <laughs> so it's like, it's nonsense. It's completely nonsense. So, uh, and I, I did hear uh, one thing that there was a possibility Mullen was going to start out the year on a potential IR. Um, so that was kind of a, a little bit of a question mark for the team on whether, you know, they would have to give him a roster spot, potentially waive somebody that they are interested in, in keeping and then put him on the IR and hope no one, you know, picked that person up. That was kind of the same situation with Brandon Parker, who was also put on IR and his season is done. So that was another thing that has been kind of lingering as far as the roster is concerned. What were they going to do with him? What actually kind of was coming about from his injury? Um, But we see now that it is something that they didn't think was going to be able to get him back at some point this season, or at least any point that was valuable and, didn't want to take that risk on waving somebody they wanted to keep. So that being said, let's get into the Alex Leatherwood situation. They waved him, just just flat out waved him. It's not surprising when you talk about the level in which he played this uh, preseason. Uh, you know, any other player at that level that's playing at that level, you're like, yeah, that makes complete sense. Except you're talking about a first round draft pick from two years ago or last year right last year last, it was year. last year's it was part of last year's first round yeah, pick. So, 21. <laughs> rookie year last year getting waived where are you at <laughs> what's your what was your thoughts when that came across the ticker yeah it's just a number one just a terrible situation ever since the pick we don't get them all right as far as our predictions um of whether the pick is good or bad usually it's and then bad route but we were both like that's terrible. That is, our, who is Alex Leatherwood? You know, we were pretty t- tuned into the draft. And at that point, I was like, I've heard of him. <laughs> 17th overall. Um, and so, sorry, just one story about this. And it's not to pile on here, but he's gone anyway. So, pile on Gruden and Mayock. But um, I was listening to, I think it was a podcast, or an article that I read. And basically, this guy was saying, like, he, you know, when the draft happens, he, someone um inside source he's like an executive um in the nfl will send him texts right you know before it's even announced before like before everyone else knows and he'll say position school team whatever and he's like he's a very professional like very professional guy the guys on the inside just gets all the the deeps right and so he gets a text from from this guy i forgot i think it was matthew berry it might have been matthew berry this nice football guy but he gets a text from a guy and he says um you know Alex Leatherwood, guard, Raiders, you know, Bama, what the fuck? <laughs> like this dude that's just all like on the inside, always just like giving him like the picks and like always highly professional, just said it, just said it, what everyone else was saying, just what the fuck. And so basically since then it's been what the fuck, you know, but yeah, it's, we got into a situation with Leatherwood. Like I think truthfully his, his, his best position is going to be guard if he's going to be successful in the NFL. He played all around um, the line in Alabama. Um, and so we were, you know, we talked ourselves into some versatility and like, hey, he won this award and this, that, and the other. And 
behind the scenes we're like that's terrible you know we still you um but you know i think we tried to make it work last year definitely struggled you know coming and then it's hard you know second year gets a completely new offense new regime and um you know but mcdaniels and ziegler have to evaluate these guys as is you know and so i think you saw that with um like you mentioned with mullen i think you saw that with leatherwood where he just he stacked up against competition and he progressively got worse that's like an oxymoron progressively got worse and so you know you could tell he was he was definitely struggling and you know he was slowly slipping you know into that that second rotation throughout training camp and so it was paul gutierrez um actually that's what it was yeah that's what it was about the whole draft story paul gutierrez is the one that told that story not paul gutierrez who's vinny vinny boston but he was talking you know i was listening to him yesterday and he said that you know once they got win or once he reported that the fact that the raiders were open to trading or cutting uh, Leatherwood, which was a couple of weeks ago, which was somewhat news to us. You know, it wasn't, it's kind of like it was intentional. It's like they wanted that to get out. They wanted to see how Leatherwood responded. It was during that week of the Patriots joint practice and then played them that, you know, that Friday, but they wanted to see how he responded. And, and he just, he got worked, you know, he got his ass kicked. And, he, and I think it's something that's a, you know, mentally he was struggling with confidence. And I think, he bounced around a little bit. We tried him at tackle, we tried him at guard, and he was just losing constantly. And so you get to the point where, hey, if we can, you know, you never want to cut your first round pick from last year, but if, if like, if you can't find a trade partner, you couldn't find, we couldn't find a trade partner because of his guaranteed money, right? So no one's going to take that on. But, you know, what we were able to do was cut him. And then a team, if a team claimed him within that, those first seven days, basically, they would take some of that, dead cap that, that we that we got hit with and this is what you and i were you sent me that text yesterday you got those numbers by the way yeah so he was guaranteed 7.9 mil this year so he got picked up by the bears so the bears are responsible for 5.9 million of that guaranteed money and the raiders are responsible for 2 million like bonuses and stuff like that so from what i saw that was that was the way it broke down so yeah, so they, you know, they, they build us out a little bit, right, with that. But I think, like, if you don't think you can make it work with the guy, you know, and, and you've given him the chance, and it's funny because everyone is like, why, we need to keep him and just play him at guard. It's like, we tried, and he still can't do it. You know, he's still getting beat out by Parr and by John Simpson. Like, there's so, it's like, don't you think that, like, if Josh McDaniels was like, he's a starting guard, don't you think he'd be our starting guard? You know, <laughs> it would just be like that. Um, and there was constantly rotating guys all throughout spring. spring I want to call it spring training, training camp. All throughout training camp, there was competition and different rotations of guys and different mis- mismatches of guys or mixing and matching of guys. Um, so we saw what we needed to see. And, and it's not like he flashed this raw, like, ability and now we just need to hone him in. It's like, no, I think he just – he got beat a lot. He, he got beat on the edge a lot. He was inconsistent, you know, even pass blocking on the interior, which would, which kills us, you know? And like, it's, there was some strengths in the run game, like we've talked about, but also like, it's just, he, he wasn't able to develop. And I'm sure I wish we would have, like, if, if there was an opportunity for us to hold on to him and, and, and say, Hey, can we give him another year? I would have been open for it. But I think there's more of like a pride thing. I think it's more of the fact that I don't want to cut our first round guy from a year ago, you know? So I think at the end of the day, you just, you cut ties and move on. And and these guys don't like, 
I, I really like the way their approach is. And it's not that they're just tearing up all Mayock and Gruden's, you know, stuff and, you know, whatever, but it's like, also they're, they're going to just build their team and there's no pride tied into Alex Leatherwood. They didn't draft him. So they're going to evaluate him. And he ends up being evaluated as someone that's not good enough to be on the 53 man roster. <laughs> so I think it is what it is. And then going back to Tra- going to Trayvon Mullen, like, you know, he wasn't, a- he wasn't able to be healthy, right? I think it was, um, you know, last year. And he was going to start the year on IR. And it's like, okay, number one, it's a, def- a different scheme, which he doesn't fit Graham's scheme that well. Um, I think it's, I think he could have, he could have fit well. I thought he fit the Gus Bradley scheme a lot better um, as far as what his strengths are, but neither here nor there. Um, but then that's what, what it was. It's like he, he was going to have to start the year on IR. He's due for a new contract, right? And he's only been a, I mean, he was our number, number one, but he's like, probably barely a number two, you know, throughout the NFL. So I think you're talking about a, a, now that we've added to our, um, you know, our secondary and it's like, I think he would have been a, a two for us. You know, I think he would have been a starter, but if you're going to, you know, I know we've, cause it's funny. I was just thinking about how much we, you know, we were talking on the secondary and, you know, I was kind of talking about it with a lot of assumptions as if like, Hey, Mullen's going to be back and he's going to be, he's going to be your guy. And it's like, well, he hasn't been healthy in a long time. And if he wasn't even going to make it back on the field until week nine or whatever the IR date is, I don't know how long it is, but you know, it's like, what value is he to to you then? You got guys like Sam Webb that are making the team. You got Rocky Sandy, you got Anthony Averitt. And so they feel, they felt pretty high about those guys. And they came in and competed and were durable and performed in camp. And then Trayvon Mullen just wasn't available. And, couple that with the fact that he's this is the last year of his deal and if he what if he has like a really you know if you have a, a solid year then you're gonna have to you're gonna be in contract negotiations so just one of those things where they got out from it and just said whatever we'll move on we're good with the guys that we have you know yeah i think with so going back to the leatherwood situation i think that they were kind of in a spot where they they probably like obviously they're like let's cut ties with it they probably felt like there's a chance that we won't have to completely eat all of his money. You know, if someone picks him up, we cut ties with him. Now he's at a point where another team, another O-line needy team is like, Hey, let's snag him and, you know, deal with some, deal with some dead money, see what happens, see if we can, you know, turn him around type of thing. So I think it was probably a best case scenario thing as far as like, let's cut ties for lucky enough that he gets picked up and we don't have to, you know, we can, cut his dead money by three quarters that would be fantastic with Mullen you know it's it's the the dumb trope but you you know your best ability is availability you know and he's he's been struggling with getting hurt ever since him and Morig just headbutted each other in the end zone last year or whatever you know whatever ended up being but I heard a lot coming out of the the training camp that uh, Rocky Sin was really playing well Um, we know you know that Nate Hobbs is is a great cornerback and like you kind of said he was going to be kind of played on that outside, uh, moved out to that outside. And, and it seems like he has, uh, you know, flourished in that role. So uh, when you're talking about, you know, someone kind of taking up a roster spot, they essentially had three other guys, like you said, with Averett and then the Rocky Sin and Hobbs uh, playing well in the preseason. And even, um, you know, Amik Robertson was not playing the greatest in games, but there was good talks coming out of, out of training camp and practices and the way he was coming along. So you kind of got, you know, four guys that you're looking at. And like you said, with Webb, you got four guys you're looking at that have played well, that have shown that they can be there. 
so you feel comfortable with, you know, doing that and, and, you know, just getting something back uh, for someone who, you know, might be able to have value somewhere else, might be able to play well somewhere else, but isn't that guy that you're like, we have to hang on to because he's the best. Yeah. I think he's the best corner we've had in a long time. So we look at him as like, right. that's as gold, as gold you know, and yeah. it's like, that's, I think that's what's happened with a lot of, of a lot of Raider players over the years is we've started like to see our team get better at some positions that were like, this guy is our number one, even though he's like, he's like, just a number the, two somewhere else. It's just he's like, the hottest ugly chick is all this. Like, sorry. <laughs> uh, perfect analogy. Yeah. No, I, I agree, dude. And like, I, I think that, you know, on the, on the bright side, just looking at the, some of the guys that made the rosters too, right. It's like, you have four UDFAs that, that made the team, you know? And so that was Darius Butler, who's linebacker, Luke Masterson linebacker, who's great story with him. Sam like we talked about, giving us some cornerback depth. And then Isaiah Polamao, who made the team at safety, which I think was um, somewhat of a surprise. Yeah, I think, you know, you look at there's – we got some good depth in the – you know, with our secondary, I, I feel like they're going to put Rocky San and Anthony Averett on one on one side – or on, on both, both of them on each side and then have Nate Hobbs play that nickel corner and or, you know, depending on the situation, have Nate Hobbs lock up outside. They're just going to – you know, they're going to float him around constantly so i think they're going to use him as a matchup dependent guy but i think we're gonna be fine um i think on the offensive side it was um you know we talked about the Kenyon drake stuff but um him being gone and then um you know mir abdul made the team brandon bolden made the team um zamir white obviously backing up josh jacobs so um and what i thought was interesting too is they ended up only rolling with uh five wide receivers so you got Devontae adams hunter renfro tyron johnson congratulations to tyron johnson um t billy i think that's what they call him. Matt Collins made the team and then DJ Turner, which I thought was awesome. Just really cool to see him. Um, we did cut Keelan Cole. I thought, I think that was a surprise. It was a veteran move. We made this, this free agency and someone that came in and, and played pretty well during preseason. And then I think it's like, you see the writing on the wall when you're getting close to cut days. So he was playing deep into that New England game, which was our last game of preseason. And you're like, okay, it's a, a veteran who I kind of assume is going to make the roster. Why is he playing in the third and fourth quarter? So clearly they were a little hesitant on, on something there and he was kind of on his way out, but I'm just excited for what DJ Turner is going to bring to us, um, you know, in special teams, kick return, punt return, if, you know, he might be able to spell Renfro if needed. And just a cool, I mean, he's five, the dude's five, seven, he's got juice and it's just a great story. You know, it's cool to see, cool to see someone like that, um, you know, win, win a spot on the team. And then I think Tyron Johnson, T. Billy, someone that I've really liked in this training camp and someone that can give us a vertical threat. Um, you know, in the passing game, I think it's going to be a great compliment. You know, you look at, you look at Adams, you look at Renfro, obviously those are our staples, right? But then you have Matt Collins, more of that possession type receiver. And then you got T. Billy, who can stretch the field, um, kind of those big chunk, chunk plays. Um, and then DJ Turner is going to give us some depth and, you know, get some potential looks on special teams if needed. So yeah, all in all, I think it, it was, it was tough to see some of those ghosts from Gruden's past, you know, haunt us again, you know, getting rid of Leatherwood. Or cutting Leatherwood, trading Trayvon Mullen, like that, those things suck. You know, I think ultimately like this this new regime is putting together the best 53 that they can, and it has nothing to do with what school they went to or where they were drafted. So you're going to put the best guys out there, cut your first-round pick from last year, and then four UBFAs make the team. It's like I'm not saying that's, oh, that's the perfect way to do it, but it's like that's a, a way to, to look at it and say they are evaluating everyone for for themselves, you know. For everyone as they are so you know obviously a tough day for 
for players that are kind of losing their dream um, at, at some point, but it happens every year. Had to be here, but overall, I think I'm, I'm you know happy with where the Raiders are at um, with their you know updated roster, 53, and I think there's still some answers that that we may need. The other part of this too is it's like this Tuesday was the cut date, right? So that's when it happened, but that's not when it gets settled, right? It's like we have a whole nother week until then we rock and roll, right? Until we, we have to kind of get down. And so if we're having, you know, we have, if we had to cut 30 players, right, off of our roster, 31 other teams had to cut 30 players. So seeing who's out there and available for, you know, maybe patch up the line, maybe give us some depth or whatever it is, I think it's going to be interesting to look at. Um, some of those names, some of those guys that didn't make other teams, and, and if they can be a fit for us, um, either on the team or on the practice squad. So, yeah, I'll start ram- stop rambling there. But, yeah, we're almost there. Yeah, I think it's going to be very interesting the way things shape up because, like you said, you know, next week is when they start getting ready for week one. So there's a lot of things we can look at and look into seeing, you know, who's going to also get brought in. Uh, I, I feel like I remember hearing – some players talk about, I don't remember exactly who it was, but maybe it was Aaron Rodgers on either part of my take or Joe Rogan, but he was talking about how Tuesdays is usually when you see a bunch of guys come in doing workouts for the week on, on whether uh, people are going to pick up on the waiver wire. So we'll see what happens next week. Uh, before we, I got one other thing to touch on before we get into that. I'll let you know this episode is brought to you by, and that is like always DraftKings. The wait is almost over. A new football season is about to begin. Get ready for the NFL Week 1 action with DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NFL. To celebrate the return of football, DraftKings has given new customers a can't-miss offer. Bet just $5 on any football game and get $200 in free bets instantly. Want more action for opening night? Everyone can experience the thrill of DraftKings' early win promotion. Get up seven, you win. Bet on any NFL team of your choice, and if your team leads by seven points at any point during the game, you get paid instantly, even if your team loses. DraftKings is safe, secure, and reliable. Best of all, you can deposit and withdraw your cash whenever you want. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now and use promo code TPPN to get $200 in free bets instantly when you place a $5 bet on any football game. That's code TPPN, only at DraftKings Sportsbook an official sports betting partner of the NFL. Minimum age and eligibility restrictions apply. See show notes for details. Okay, so getting into this last little uh, little tidbit of some things that came out, some things that, that we heard about is that Darren Waller is working on a potential extension. Uh, we heard recently that he cut ties with his agent very quickly after that happened. Uh, there was talks that an extension was being made. So you can do a lot of speculation on, on what that meant in regards to why he changed his agents and all of a sudden, you know, talks are heating up. But word is that it, it is potentially going to be in the range of $16 million per year. That would put him in as the highest paid tight end uh, in the NFL. Andrew, what's your thoughts on this? Where are you at? Is there anything else I didn't mention that you have heard? And, and just overall thoughts on the situation. Yeah, I mean, I think it's something that we've talked about um, a little bit um, in this offseason as far as, you know, he's kind of the next one to go, or not to go, but to get re-upped, bringing over Devontae Adams with a big deal, Crosby, Carr, getting up, you know. So it's it's Waller's turn, and it's 
interesting, you know, as far as him, you know, cutting ties with his agent who at clutch sports. Um, but you know, he moves on and gets Drew Rosenhaus, who's not true, not true Rosenhaus. Yeah, it was Rosenhaus. Okay. It didn't feel right for some reason. But yeah, get someone like you know, Drew Rosenhaus is his big name agent out there in, in the NFL. And you know, I think I'm just gonna stay uh stay with my original prediction here. You know, as far as I know they're saying looking at three or four years, 16, 17 million APV. So it's definitely something that I hope we can get done this weekend. We can put it behind us um, heading into week one. I know that he's back at practice, but overall, I I think Waller, Waller's stance has always been he's going to let his agent handle it. Now he had to find a new one to handle it, but he's still focused on football, which I think is a good thing. We're just going to need him. Um, we're going to need him on the field to practice, which he did this past week, and just get him up and running. And hopefully this contract stuff gets put behind us, and I'm totally good with paying him 16, 17 a year. But I think he deserves it if he can stay healthy. I also think we have the cap flexibility to do so. So, yeah, overall feel, feel good about it, and I just want to get it done. <laughs> Absolutely, yeah. And I, I think one thing that definitely helps is freeing up almost $6 million from uh, Leatherwood's situation. So, yeah, I think that you're looking at the other two top tight ends in the league, George Kittle. Travis Kelsey, Kittle's got making fourteen a year. Kelsey's making fifteen a year, so Waller will get sixteen, probably at least, to put him in that that realm of highest paid tight end. Um, I think obviously it's well worth it, especially when you're looking at what he's done for us in the short amount of time that he's been here. It, what's funny is you know there was talks about like, all right, are they going to work on an extension with him, and then going into training camp and like, okay, he's you know dealing with these hamstring issues. Uh, and then he switches agents and talks heat up, and then all of a sudden he's back at practice. So, uh, you know, Raiders Twitter uh, ran with that narrative that uh, he was holding out uh, for a new contract, and that's why he wasn't practicing, even though he has, like, literally said, like, I don't deal with any of that. My agent deals with that. Like, I don't really, like, that's not that's not anything I worry about. I'm just going out there to practice, get, you know do things so there's stay woke on the stay woke on the conspiracy theory of he didn't have a hamstring issue no he definitely did um but also like it's there's a new term called holding in it's where that you you report yeah so you don't lose any checks you don't get fined for missing train camp and but you want a new contract so you don't practice but you show up and and you just milk something you know or you not milk something but you're at the facility so you don't get fined but you also don't participate in practice either you're Mend it, you're on the mend with some injury, or you just say, I wanted to deal and I don't want to go out and get hurt, but I don't want to not show up and get fined. So holding it, lock myself in this joint. No, I, I trust Waller. I think he's a good he's a good person. I think he's someone that wants to be with the Raiders. They just got to get it done. I remember I, I looked at my previous prediction for his contract a couple months ago, and uh, I said around three or four years, 15 million, 35. I think I did four years it's at 60. 35 guaranteed, um, but it sounds like they're pushing for a little bit more higher, you know, top of the market, 16, 17, which would put them at, what does that make it? 68, you know, 65, 68 million over four years, which whatever. The salary cap's going to keep going up. He's legit. He needs to stay healthy. Pay him out. Pay him out. Tell the truth. Yeah, everyone knows the salary cap isn't real. <laughs> And uh, you can tell by the way the Chiefs gave Mahomes $700 billion and somehow just was still, you know, fine and under the cap. So yeah. it's a team friendly deal. <laughs> One last, last thing I just want to um, point out it's uh, 
not to brag, but I called it uh, with an asterisk at the top because we do have to see where where things kind of pan out when next week when the season starts. But as of right now, John Simpson penciled in as starting left guard on the Raiders depth chart on their website. There's a lot of stuff floating around Twitter where people like Parham's going to start a guard. I called this last month, two months ago. I said that this was going to be the starting thing. He came in rookie. Nah, brah. Nah, brah. John Simpson, penciled in. Yeah, you've been on John Simpson for four years. You you were wanting him to start for the last four years, and so if anyone if anyone remembers, uh, just blog baby put out an article about John Simpson about how he could be a starting guard in the future for us. Jumping on that train early, so not to brag, but I called it as of this moment. Yeah, penciled in. Pen, not to brag, but I penciled in it. Penciled in it in this call. Um, no, I'm I'm proud of you. Uh, I hope he starts. If he's the right one, he's fine. But congratulations on that from you from four years ago. That guy's fired up. But cool. Well, that's it. I think you know. I think we're gonna skip on the NFL stuff. Um, you know, it's, we're getting into the regular season, so we'll try to get out some actual NFL predictions. We've got a lot to talk about here with you know the Raiders and the team as we finalize our 53-man roster um, and get ready for our first full week of prep, plan, game on Saturday, taking on Ordele Chargers on Sunday afternoon, CPS. Uh, that's all I got. Yeah. Very nice to love you guys. Mike, do you have anything else? Uh, nope. That's, that's all I got as well. Uh, as always, we appreciate the love. Please share, subscribe, rate, review. Give us those five stars on Apple Podcasts. It, it is doing that, signing up for DraftKings. It really is the best way that you guys can support the pod so it's very much appreciated we'll be hitting you up you know next week on the pod with a chargers game preview we will be back into previewing games uh which is very exciting so i hope you guys have a good week and we will see y'all later peace